Welcome to the Paranormal Pendle podcast, coming to you from the heart of Pendle Witch Country in the northwest of England. My name is Craig Bryant, author, investigator, and collector of stories. Join me as we take a journey into the paranormal, UFO sightings, cryptozoology, and big cats. This is the Paranormal Pendle podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Paranormal Pendle, broadcasting to the Paranormal UK Radio Network at paukradio.com. Now, I'm delighted that my guest on this episode is paranormal investigator and author John Tantalon from the North Edinburgh Nightmares. So, John, thank you very much for coming on the episode with me today. Um, Real pleasure to speak to you. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes, certainly. Well, my name is John Tantalon. I uh, have been had an interest in sort of ghost stories and the paranormal for many, many years, uh, being based in Edinburgh, you know, all, the whole time. Uh, so, I mean, I, I got some stories from a young age from my grandfather, who was a, a, you know, in the Merchant Navy and a trawlerman. So he was a man with wide selection of stories, you know, both supernatural and, you know, nautical, and he'd relay them from a young age. Uh, for you know the area I lived in, it's not you know it's not famous for its ghost stories. Many of the, the famous ones being up the town in the old town of Edinburgh, but I've you know known many from around these parts for many years. So when I decided possibly four three four years ago to write the book North Edinburgh Nightmares, um, I thought I'm going to try and bring some of these lesser known tales to the table and you know let people hear them you know for themselves. And that's where it all kind of began, Craig. You know. Well, first of all, apologies for not pronouncing your surname right. <laughs> um, no, that's 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 fascinating. The the one thing that I did pick up when you sent me the email was that actually we seem to have a similar background. My grandfather used to tell me ghost stories. We used to be sat in front of um, what was like a sort of range cooker, um, you know, the old cast iron range cooker. And um, we used to sit there and he used to tell me ghost stories. So we, we sort of have had a similar similar start, really. I'm really interested, actually, in, in, in any stories that he might have told you with a sort of nautical nature. Is there any, any, any stories that he was particularly fond of telling you about, about that side of his, his life? There is, there's one very famous one uh, that, you know, has been, you know, I've, I've covered it quite a few times. Would you like me to tell you? I'd love it, yeah, please, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, it went something like this. Now, my granddad, as I said, he was in the Merchant Navy, and afterwards, after World War II, you know, he worked in the trawler ships. Where I live is in Granton. It's, a, you know, in the fourth estuary. It's right across from the harbour, and that's where he sailed from. Um, he sailed many, many trips on vessels to the, as far away as the Faroe Islands, to the Shetlands, Orkney. Um, and basically what he would say is the fish in those waters were monsters of the deep. It was worth a crew going that far out to, to get them. So they'd done many trips there. And one of their trips from Granton Harbour, they sailed out to the Faroe Islands. And one of the crew members who was at the back of the vessel named the Alma was knocked into the sea with a huge wave, swept him overboard. Now, the man whose name was Geordie Walker was a seasoned trawlerman. You know, he shouldn't have went over. So the crew rushed to the back of the boat, the Alma, to try and retrieve him. And as they did, Geordie Walker went right beneath the boat and flew back onto the deck of the Alma, crash, saved you know, by the wave. So they brought him to and said, you know, what happened? 
why on earth did you go overboard? You know, you're a seasoned trawler man. And uh, the man was very confused. He says, uh, it wasn't the wave. He says, I can deal with them. That was the, it was the new guy, the new guy on the boat that either went to push me or grab me. He went to, you know, come, I've never seen him. He's the new guy on the boat. Why is there 13? Uh, they said, you're havering, man. There's no 13 sailor. There's just the 12 of us. And he says, I can remember him as clear as day, right down his hand when he tried to grab me. He had a tattoo on his hand. It was a thistle. And above the thistle was the word Slangivar. Good luck. He says, I remember it clear as day. Where is he? And they were all puzzled. He said, there's no new man with this tattoo. So the rest of them got back to business. My granddad, he was slightly bewildered by this, went back to his post. So the boat, the Alma, docked back at Granton the next day. Good catch. They unloaded the fish off the boat, got them onto the middle pier and went to the local pub, the Granton Tap. So when they were inside the confines of the Granton Tap, my granddad took Geordie Walker aside to the lounge and spoke to him. He told him a story. He said that uh, last year they were on a trip to the Shetlands, you know, the Orkneys or something. And uh, they were, you know, same scenario, a big good catch. They were loading on the middle pier, taking the fish off. They'd finished and they were climbing up the steep metal railing off the side of the boat. And there was a man on board the Alma by the name of Mr. Ross. Mr. Ross unfortunately lost his footing on the metal rail and went crashing onto the deck of the Alma head first. So my granddad rushed over to try and save him, holding the man's shattered head as he lay on the deck, passing in and out of consciousness. Soon enough, help arrived and ran over to try and you know help Mr. Ross, but sadly it was too late. They were holding his hand, feeling for a pulse, and it was the same hand with the word Slangy Bar tattooed up on it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's quite chilling, really, isn't it? I mean, I, I would imagine that he had some some real stories to tell. Um oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, just, the, just just being a troll man. Yeah, I go always on. Remembered. Yeah. Uh, about the conclusion about the man with a tattoo being Mr. Ross. They were all characters from the area. The yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 were, they were they were tough men, weren't they? I mean, they, they did a tough job and, and they were tough men, so they didn't yeah. suffer fools gladly. So when something strange like that happened, it, it probably affected them more than, than you would realise. Um, you mentioned in your email that, that you sent me... Um, with with your sort of brief bio about uh, about your book, so do you want to tell us a bit about uh, tell us a bit about your book and then any stories in there that, that you think would be interesting to tell? Yes, yeah, certainly. Now, the book, um, as I said, I started it maybe three years ago, and it was released last October with the powers of lockdown having more time to work on it, and eventually came out. So the book contains thirteen fictional tales, all based on events from the area where I live. Um, so there was elements of folklore in there with sort of fantastical scenarios. Um, the Slangivar story was one of them that was in there. There was also, you know, other stories of the area. And one famous one that is literally round the corner from where I live, at the back of my house, is called a passageway called the Wardy Steps. Now, the Wardy Steps is a steep set of maybe 100 steps. It is a shortcut from the harbour, which leads up to the main road. Along the way, they have what's known as the fishwives puzzle. It is a set of iron bars to prevent people from stealing tails of fish. You could get them up the steps, but you got there, you could not get them through. Hence, the title of the fishwives puzzle. Now, over the years, there's been 
numerous spooky tales about these steps. Everything from muggers, you know, to people waiting and you know to catch, you know, you know, unaware sailors coming up and robbing them of their pay. But there's also a couple of supernatural ones up there. Um, the first happened in the late sixties with a chap um, who was, you know, worked for the Devlin Trawler Company, coming up from the pub late at night and claimed to have seen a man at the top of the steps, along with the sound of the fishwife's puzzle ringing violently. And the man, when he got closer, he claimed did not have a face. He was discovered by a policeman at midnight, presumed him steaming drunk. And when he got him round, you know, he said the same thing. It was the guy at the top caused me to collapse, no face. Three other people leading up to 1975, 1981 have had similar escapades with a strange character on the Wardy steps. So that was one of the, the good stories and very close, you know, that features in the book. There are, there are many others. There's, you know, some sort of ones of kind of an incident in a castle um, in the Black Hall area, famous Edinburgh castle. There are many in the area. Mm. Um, smaller castles, and this one was called um, Craig Crook Castle. It's famously haunted by a gentleman called Lord Francis Jeffrey. And I had the pleasure to attend Craig Crook Castle on a few occasions. And it was the one time that I can safely say I've encountered something truly supernatural that I couldn't explain. So there are 13 stories, similar tales in the book, and it's available um, since last October. So where can, uh, where can people buy it then? Um, Amazon is the best. I mean, it's, it was published through Amazon. So uh, you can probably buy it in other places, but in Edinburgh, you can get it in you know, kind of uh, the, the touristy shops uptown. But yeah. Amazon's your base page. So I think they print it on demand. Yeah. So can we talk about Edinburgh then as a city? Because obviously Edinburgh is um, steeped in history, um, a lot of it quite violent and, and bloody over the years, as, as we well know. Um, I would imagine that there are any number of um, ghost stories or, or haunted places in um, the old city of Edinburgh. Um, I wonder if you could possibly tell us some some of those because I I don't actually know an awful lot about Edinburgh as a as a city, um, and I certainly don't know an awful lot about uh, you know the paranormal side of the city. But uh, I would imagine there is quite a lot to talk about. Yes, I mean it's uh, certainly as a city steeped in history. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to work dead in the cent city centre of Edinburgh, next to some very, very old parts of town. So, you know, I'm blessed there every day. I'm just round the corner from, you know, the site of a haunted prison, you know, the, not far from the famous Mary King's Close and numerous famous cemeteries. Um, and when, you know, I've done the, the, the videos and the, you know, the stuff on my website, although I, I began around about the area where I live, I've ventured off and done stuff all around Edinburgh now. I've done stuff from the boroughs outside the seaside of Edinburgh, Portobello, um, the Queen's Ferry. Well, there are ghost stories too. But um, I've also covered a lot from the city centre in the old town. Uh, just last month, we focused on an episode of our, our channel, and it was all about the cemeteries of Edinburgh. We were lucky enough to cover some of the, the, the great stories there. One of the famous ones being the Greyfriars Kirk. Um, we got in tow with the, the wonderful City of the Dead tours. We do the tours around the Greyfriars Kirk, the ghost walks, and the famous Covenanters Prison. 
Uh, they are the only people with the keys to the much talked about Mackenzie poltergeist. So I spent uh, you know, a good few weeks in the grounds filming with the city of the dead folk and it was truly chilling. I went at night, it was in during the day, you heard all about the story of George Mackenzie, known as the bloody judge, um, who persecuted and, you know, terminated the Covenanters, a religious movement, uh, put them in the extent of a concentration camp in the grounds of the cemetery, left them to die. Uh, they say that in the late 90s, the tomb was disturbed by somebody entering it and falling in the tomb. And since then, the activity has become phenomenal, resulting in people on the tours, scratched, bitten, all kinds of horrible wounds in the vicinity of the Covenanters prison. In 2000, they had an exorcist visit the place. I never knew this one. I called Colin Grant, an old man. And he came in, he says, whatever is in here, whatever evil spirit, I will um, make it safe today. He was accompanied by the Edinburgh Evening News, the paper. And when Colin Grant left, he was in quite a state. He was sweating, he was you know, out of breath and saying, there is not one poltergeist in this place. There is a sea of torment. The place is full of you know, tragic souls. And a week later, this chap was doing a reading in his shop and he died there and then after the... And he, it was almost if he knew it was coming. He said uh, uh, to the lady he was in the reading for, I have nothing, no more good news for you today, only bad soon after died. So it's, that was an incredible story. You know, yeah. the famous Greyfriars, the Greyfriars Bobby. Yeah. There are you know, many others of the body snatchers, Burke and Hare, um, Deacon Brodie, um, all, you know, old city centre characters that were all up to no good. Yeah. Um, many other sort of smaller, you know, kind of ghost stories too. But yeah. Very, very historic place. Birkenhurst is quite um, quite a famous one, isn't it? And of course, there's been there's been numerous films and and books and all sorts of stuff um, written about it. Um, and in fact, my wife, who's a teacher, uh, used to work in a school where the head had uh, traced his. He was called uh, Burke, and he'd actually oh, right. he'd actually traced his family tree, and it turned out he was descended from the Mister Burke. Um, I mean, is is there any is there any sort of paranormal? stories surrounding those two because obviously you know they're quite they're quite famous characters aren't they there are, there are connections now one of the places we visited i was doing the episode was a place called the nidri street vaults now nidri street vaults was um a series of catacombs discovered uh, sometime in the late 80s 90s i believe and it was one time a place where the poor of edinburgh would lodge they would live in there you know very dark um, conditions um, up to you know 30 people to a room and some of the residents that lived there were barking here before they got their property in the west port in uh, Tanner's Coast but they lived in there and that is a very haunted part of Edinburgh um, last year I did a an evening with a, a paranormal group from Cheshire they came up Spirit Vision Paranormal Research and we did a night in the, the top of the vaults in a pub called Whistle Binkies, and there was so much went on there. I'd never done anything like that before. And um, apart from holding an interest in it, but never yeah. been in with all the equipment all night, and it was terrifying. <laughs> and I weren't terrified. So what, what, sort of things, what sort of things happened then? 
Okay, well, it, it commenced with uh, the group setting up on a Sunday night, about a year ago, September. Um, some parts of the pub, which, you know, were part of the vaults, um, are little booths down at the, the back of it. And they're the parts that have got the most activity. So they set up in there and they had uh, cameras all over the place and including, it was like a glass with a little cat's ball on it. And the Sarah from Paranormal Activity, um, Spirit Vision Research, um, was asking it questions and it was getting slight activity with this ball activating the light flashing. And they said, maybe it, um, as a, a spirit of a woman, she doesn't want to talk to men. So they got manageress and one of the staff down to sit in the booth with them, the three of them, and the ball went crazy. They were asking it questions and it was answering very fast. It was getting you know quite active until they used the word demon and asked it and you know it, it started to, to get a lot worse. And they presumed that it was not in fact the spirit of a woman they spoke to, the spirit of a man, possibly an evil man that was quite happy to have three women sitting around them talking. Mm. Um, there was other instances that, you know, there was things activating through the night when they were asking questions. There was one point about two in the morning when we went up the stairs, which um, go to the top of North Bridge, a very famous part of Edinburgh. And they were asking questions. And there was the equivalent of something like a car alarm on the steps that if anything would go remotely near it, it would activate. And it was activating with every question, almost as if something was getting closer to each of the questions. And that was, you know, quite creepy. I left about, I oh, can't remember what time, but they continued for a few hours after. And um, they got some great results. Oh, that was our thing. They also recorded a voice. They picked up a, a voice saying something. Um, and it's on their channel. I can't remember what the word was, but it was, it was um, quite a night. So have you done any other um, investigations yourself then or, or with any other groups? Yes, well, with the Spirit Vision group, I've done several now. We've been to many other locations. Um, up to then, the only paranormal experience I'd really had was on the visit to Craig Creek Castle. Um, and that was, you know, terrifying enough. The rest of the time, I've really collected more other people's stories. You know, people telling their events of experiences. But um, I could clearly say I'd never, you know, seen or heard anything until 2014. And then, you know, it was worth its weight in gold what uncovered in Craig Creek Castle that one night. Um, but uh, yeah, I've since done um, quite a few visits with the Spirit Vision Group. We went to a famous location, outskirts of Edinburgh, called uh, Yester Castle um, in Haddington. Now, this is in the middle of the woods. You have to walk for quite a distance find these ruins. And it was famously built by Hugo de Gifford, supposedly a wizard and a cultist, and aided by an army of goblins. This place is something to see. Even in the daytime, it's terrifying. So we did, you know, some investigation there. We did one last summer, we went to, uh, uh, sorry, last autumn, to a cemetery nearby to me called um, Morriston Cemetery. Now, in the cemetery is the, um, the tomb of a lady called Mary Ann Robertson. And over the years, since the late 70s, there's been reports and sightings of a woman in white seen walking the graveyard. So we went out to try and contact her. So on Saturday night, they got their equipment, sensory equipment, I can't remember the proper titles, around the site of the tomb. And they got some feedback there. They, um, 
the solid base, the recorded movement on it. There's no train lines, anything nearby that could have possibly caused that. They also um, had sounds and kind of temperature change. It was quite a mild you know, September evening and the temperature really dropped when they're asking specific questions about the, um, the desecration of the tomb in the late 70s where somebody stole the head of the, you know, the Mary Ann Robertson. When they asked that question, the, the device went off, you know, like a lot. So did the, did the paranormal activity with uh, around her or allegedly around her, did that sort of start then after the, the tomb had been desecrated? Well, what happened, the story goes, and it was a grand tomb built in, top of my head, I can't remember when, but a long time ago. And it was a very grand tomb with red glass. When the sun would shine, the, um, the marble tomb, well, the, the image of the Marianne Robertson would be bathed in red when the sun would shine, and hence the name the Red Lady. Right. It was the tomb of the Red Lady. Mm-hmm. So in the late 70s, there was a group of, I think it was glue sniffers, smashed the tomb, wrecked it. It was gradually getting vandalised as time went on, but they actually went in and robbed the, the coffin. They took the head from the tomb. And I expect Dunham, you know, prosecuted under some ancient grave robbing law. It happened in Greyfriars too, um, in the early 2000s, there was some guy done for nicking the head of um, the judge. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it did go on, but after the, the one in Warriston in the 70s, there was maybe five examples of people seeing strange phenomena around the cemetery. There was also um, an incident in 1979. There was um, BBC Scotland were filming a, a show called The Omega Factor, which was, it was on BBC. It was kind of like a 1970s version of The X-Files. Um, and in one of the episodes, they were filming in Warriston Cemetery, and uh, there was um, incidents with things turned up in the viewfinder that they couldn't explain. They were saying, that guy's in the shop, can you get him out? And he says, well, who? There was nobody there, it kept turning up, it was like a hooded figure. There was also incidents with a camera falling over um, into a grave, a tomb collapsing, and one of the BBC camera crew being injured with a gravestone, all in the vicinity of you know where the Mary Ann Robertson's tomb, the tomb of the Red Lady was. So, you know, it's quite a place that's, you know, quite a, a history of, you know, goings on. So it, are there any stories around the uh, castle in Edinburgh? That's funny you should say that, because, yes, the next project, I'm taking a couple of months off. Every month for the last two and a half years, I've done an episode on the YouTube channel, um, sometimes with two months, sometimes with a month, um, ensuring there's one at the end of the month. I'm going to take a few months off, and that's the place I'm going to start researching is Edinburgh Castle. Um, it has got some interesting ghosts. It's got the story of a young of a boy who was a piper and was supposedly sent down a tunnel to find somebody and take his pipes with him, his bagpipes, and he'd play the bagpipes to know that he was safe and they could get him back, but this occasion he never returned. And the story goes that you can hear his bagpipes still playing in the walls of the castle. There's many other stories as well, but I'm just in the formative stages of starting to discover them. But yeah. that's going to be probably my next episode. I'm lucky enough to work with a chap who was an ex-Royal Scot. And back in the 70s, he was one of the 
you know, the people that would guard the castle. For many years, they'd have Royal Scot guards standing in little boxes at the front of the castle. And they were there all the time. And he stayed overnight. And he's bound to have some good, creepy stories, you know, to, to help with the, the story about the castle. There yeah. are, there's, there's many, but I'm just at the very formative stages yeah. of discovering them. Yeah, no, that's 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 fine. You mentioned your YouTube channels. So how long have you been doing that for? Um, what sort of stuff have you got on there? What have you got coming up apart from obviously the, the Edinburgh Castle um, research? Um, what we've been doing, I mean, th I think that the first thing we did was about two and a half years ago. And my friend, J.E. Ross, um, he was helping me presenting, you know, the, the early episodes. And we um, we did an interview with a, a, a chap, a, a friend, an ex-work colleague, who was in the film The Wicker Man. You ever seen The Wicker Man? Yeah, I have, yeah. Very scary. Um, yeah. Kenny was uh, a guy who used to work with us. He's retired now. And he was one of the boys dancing around the maple in that famous scene with... Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, so he was telling us his, you know, memories of working on this iconic film and how he got there, uh, meeting Christopher Lee, meeting Edward Woodward wow. and Salento. Um, so that was the first thing we did. And it was he was a reclusive character to get a hold of him since his retirement. And we thought, this is quite good fun. You know, we put this up. So let's do the stuff about the ghost stories too. So we covered... Um, Sort of some local ones. It was the story of the the um, cursed bone, which is a very a very famous story. In 1920, was it 1912? Can't remember. There was a, a man lived not far near Comley Bank in a, an area called Lermont Gardens called Lord Alexander Seaton. And Alexander Seaton and his wife Zela went on holiday to Egypt and visited the Temple of Alexa. And while they were there, when they returned to their hotel, his wife revealed she took a, a little uh, memento from the tomb, you might say. Uh, she had a small piece of bone from a skeleton who was a serving woman and took it home with her in her bag, thought nothing of it. So when they returned to Edinburgh, to Lermont Gardens, they placed this little bone, like a biscuit, in a glass case, proudly in their sitting room, and all hell broke loose. Um, that was one of the first episodes we did. We filmed at the location, spoke to neighbours, we spoke to some people that knew a, you know, a fair bit about the case with the museum, and that was it was great fun. We afterwards covered things like the Marianne Robertson story from Warriston, and we went on to do episodes about different areas of Edinburgh. There was one about the, the new town, which is directly over the Dean Bridge. There was many stories, almost like a trail of stories that you could connect, all good ghost stories with that. Um, we did the one about Portobello, which is the Edinburgh seaside, and that had, you know, quite a history, as well as, you know, many frightening stories along the way. Uh, the one we did in the summer months was about South Queen's Ferry, which is famously beneath the Fourth Bridge. If you ever see the iconic Fourth Rail Bridge, the Red Bridge connects Fife, in Queensferry, we discovered a lot of stories about there. And could you give uh, us an example, maybe? Yeah, certainly. Well, the most iconic one was a bizarre pagan tradition they've done for hundreds and hundreds of years. Every August called the Bury Man. 
And the Burry Man is a character covered in thousands of burrs um, who walks through the city centre all day on the second Friday of August. Um, everywhere he goes, neighbours and local pubs will give him whiskey and money for you know, safekeeping off the borough uh, over the following year. So it's got a bit of sort of wicker man stuff going on there. Yeah. So we, you know, we heard bits about the Burry Man. There was other stories. There was a terrific story about a monkey, the ghost of a monkey in Lone House. Um, it was customary, a lot of people, especially by seaside towns and docks, would acquire pets from abroad, including monkeys. And there was this family had this monkey in a house and they treated it very cruelly. The servant, you know, Know, kind of torment it. And the story goes that one night this monkey was freed by an ember from the fire, burnt its rope, and it made its way to the servant's room and ripped her throat out and angrily haunts this property ever since. So that was a great one to research. You know, we, I spoke to lots of people from the area that knew the story. And there was many others. There was the, the Hawes Inn, which is a haunted pub. There's the story of the white lady who's seen that supposedly fell from the bridge on her wedding day. Um, Lots of good stories from Queensferry. That was that was a two months. That was a lot of fun. So you're writing a second book then. So what's what's the story behind that then? And how how's that going? And what um, sort of things are in it? Well, it's been a very busy time. I mean, as I said, you know, once a month I try to produce a thirty to forty minute episode for the channel featuring a selection of stories with a theme. We did a, a good one recently about the cinemas. Uh, I was reading this little number earlier. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> and, I, and I noticed there was a good story about a cinema in there. Yes, there is, actually. Yeah, for that, Obviously, um, uh, on, on the, the podcast, people won't realise that John just flashed um, my book, <laughs> which I'm a bit embarrassed about, um, just oh. flashed my book onto the screen. So Because this is supposed to be about you, John, not about my book. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, well, but, right, cinemas are... Cinemas are, yeah, I mean, yeah, there is there's a story there about Accrington Cinema, but um, yeah, go on, tell, tell me about your research in cinemas then. Yeah, so we did an episode and it was all about um, the theatres and cinemas of Edinburgh, and that was a lot of fun. But yeah. I, again, it takes a lot of time to do. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that one, as a matter of mm. fact. Uh, it, was, it was titled as a Terror in the Back Row, that's what we called it. And um, there was, you know, there's many cinemas and theatres, some still around, some long gone in Edinburgh. And uh, one of the famous ones is called the, the Playhouse Theatre, which is in the city centre. And I'm fortunate enough to have a friend that's worked there for 30 years. Um, and, you know, he gave me some good first-hand accounts. The, the one famous ghost of the theatre is known as Albert, and it's a stagehand who supposedly, you know, died there some time ago. And there's been so many stories of people encountering them and you're being introduced to them and, you know, dogs being scared of them. They had to get specific dogs from the castle that were used to being amongst spirits to, to go in and check the theatre. So that, that was great fun. But there was other ones. There was cinemas and there was a couple of stories of a, of a, a cinema, a local cinema long gone that's since become three supermarkets and they've all had encounters of a similar man they reckon to be the usher, clicking his fingers to catch your attention. That was a lot of fun. Uh, there was a story of a, I spoke to a chap that had a frightening encounter in 1981 when, when a cinema note soon closed down. It was kind of similar to the one in your book. It looked like that 
like a, you know, before the multiplex. Yeah. And um, he had a terrifying encounter. I've done a fair bit of research on that and uncovered that the site where he had seen some commotion and heard some horrible noises had actually been a murder in the yeah. very early 60s where it happened. He didn't know about this. Um, possibly a connection. There was all kinds of gruesome stories surrounding the small, pleasant area of Edinburgh. But it was just you know, a hell of a coincidence that happened exactly the spot where he'd had this terrifying encounter. And he's never walked down this alleyway from the cinema ever again since 1981. Uh, he made a point of that. So anyway, that was the, the, the theatre's episode. After, so after that, we're doing this every month. I do a ghost walk in the summer months. Um, all kinds of other stuff. It's to, I say I'm going to take a few months off. And I'm going to focus on the second book. Yeah. The second book is called Beyond North Edinburgh Nightmares. And it's not going to be fictional stories. It's going to be a collection of all the stories featured in the, the, um, the YouTube stories over the year. So it's going to be a greatest hits, if you like, of all the, the stories we've covered in the last year. So it should, should be a lot of fun getting it in print. Yeah. I shall look forward to that. I'll, I'll have to check that out. Um, I was going to ask you actually about your ghost walk that you mentioned, because that's um, that's something that I'm really interested in. John, you, you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, certainly. And we started it in the, the summer months. Then with any ghost walk, I've been on many, many over the years. The first one I ever went on, famous, was in the Isle of Wight. My mm. in-laws live in the Isle of Wight. Um, and uh, we went on the you know, some of the, the walks there with the marvellous Mark Tucky, who's been doing it for a long time. In 1994, they've been doing them there. And Gay Baldwin, who writes the books. And I thought, this is great. I'd love to do something like this one day. And we eventually made it made it work, you know. Under the guise of, uh, you know, the, the name of, you know, Captain Tantal, and I take on the form of the, the sort of, like my granddad, you know, the sort of old sea seaman and uh, take a group of people around the area and tell them some creepy tales. It lasts about an hour and 40 to two hours and uh, culminates in the famous Wardy Step story at the end, which is perfect when it's dark. You know. So where does it start yeah. from, that then? It starts off at a place um, near a school, um, which is now uh, playing fields used by rugby teams, Hibs Football Club train there, and other things, but way back down the line in the 1800s, it was the first, well, it was, it was used as a, a naval training camp, and then it became the first example of temporary accommodation in Edinburgh, and it was known as Lochinvar Camp. And they had these huge, big uh, Nissan huts, they looked like air raid shelters, 10 of these huge, ugly constructions with people staying in them, waiting to get houses after World War II. Um, Eventually, you know, they fell into disrepair, they moved people out, they started getting houses. And the first instance was a girl spotted a strange looking character following her, going to a paper round one morning in the site of this camp. And after that, over the years between, well, what was that, it was the 40s, uh, to 2008, there has been sightings of the same character on many occasions. Traditional attire, sort of like a, you know, old, fashion clothes and a flat cap, like someone at Peaky Blinders or something. <laughs> and uh, lots of people have seen this similar character. Nobody knows what he's wanting, what he's all about, but there's, there's certainly been you know, five to six examples of people seeing him. That's the first one. We go down to um, Boswell Road, which has got lots of grand properties on the, on the road. So there's some good stories. 
Yeah, sorry. So you were saying about the walk? Yes. So there were a couple of stories of dogs, famous dogs from the area that haunt parts of it. Um, one, um, a lady that came on the walk uh, a few months ago, she worked in a hospice, which is you know, in the vicinity. And she had an incredible story about a wee dog that haunts one of the wards and the amount of people that have seen this terrier on their bed and, you know, says, can you get this off? And it turns out, with a bit of digging, a bit of research, the 1962 Disney film, Greyfriars Bobby, the um, dog that was the actor dog in the film lived there. Right. And they reckon it is the spirit of the wee dog that played Greyfriars Bobby. Wow. That haunts them. Yeah. So it was a cracking story. Really yeah, yeah, that's that's um, that's quite a circular story, then, isn't it? Really, considering the dog was playing a famous dog, that um, you know there are. Um, am I right in saying that that there are reports of actual Greyfriars Bobby, the ghost of the dog, being seen still around the um, the grave where he used to sit around and wait for his his master to come to come back? I don't know a huge amount of that story. Greyfriars, I know more about the. Um, the Covenanters and the, the George Mackenzie stories. Right. Um, but the, yeah, there is talk of the dog as well, but this yeah. was the, the yeah. actor. Um, and yeah, when, yeah. They, when they demolished the hospice and rebuilt it, right. um, under that part, under that room, they found a coffin with dog bones. Wow. And I, I believe they put it back, you know, they, they replaced yeah. it when they the hospice. But that's so, what I reckon it was. So that, yeah, that, that, that would explain that then, wouldn't it? So how do how do people get in contact with you then when when they're in Edinburgh and they want to they want to go on one of your your tours? Yeah, it operates from from spring to autumn. I mean, it's too dark to you know it's no good at this time of year for doing ghost walks. It's just too dark. Mm. A lot of the the things you see on the Walker Visual, you know, it involves the Fourth Estuary, it involves Fife, the islands in the Fourth, involves the the properties we tell the stories of. So it's just, you've got to get that nice mix where it's going to get in dark and it culminates in darkness for the last story. So I, I think April to September, end of August, is the time that I'll be doing them next year. And it's just drop me an email on the website on North Edinburgh Nightmares or get in touch on Twitter or Instagram and, uh, you know, we'll work something out. You know, I just book them to order, really, you know. Yeah. What's the name of your, of your YouTube channel then? It's just North North Edinburgh Nightmares. Um, okay. And it's got you know several videos on there to take a look at. Uh, some fictional stories, some, you know, kind of historic accounts, a bit of everything, you know, and the interview with Kenny from the Wicker Man. So it's yeah. something for everybody. Do you do any investigations into a sort of wider area then? I mean, obviously you, you, you concentrate, you know, very much on your local area and, and the local city. Um, do you do any investigations further afield? Um, in regards to investigations, I mean, the, the only like sort of things with proper paranormal, you know, um, equipment and stuff, I do with Spirit Vision from Cheshire. That's the only sort of other things I've done. But with regards to finding the ghost stories from other places, yes. Like I will actively travel to the places and, you know, try and, you know, find, you know, the, the stories that are documented. My... Um, What's your favourite? What's what's your favourite one then? Sorry. My partner lives in Hampshire, so I spend half the month down in Hampshire and half the month up here where I work. Uh, So when I'm down there, I'm running around all the the parts down there, Guildford, yeah, um, 
you know, Farnham, Isle of Wight, Alton, all these places have got incredible stories. Um, I went to, Alton's an interesting one. It's got a few really good ghost stories and it's, it's one of these places where, you know, you hear where there's a tragedy or there's a really bad, bad story. And it's almost like the place never really recovers. Now, Alton was the home of sweet Fanny Adams, the famous story of the little girl Fanny Adams, who was butchered on the, the plains by a madman. Just this horrible, horrible story. And it so coincided that at the time when they were changing the rations of the British Army, that they got this horrible new food in a tin. And they, they said that resembles the remains of sweet Fanny Adams. Or oh. that. And that's where the term sweet FA came from. Right. Huh? Child. Yeah. So her ghost supposedly haunts the area. And I went there and spent the day around several other stories of a dog holed up in a wall, other things. And it, it just had a feeling of dread. Yeah. You know, the whole, the whole day. But it was, it was quite interesting. I've yeah. done many other ones, you know, around Guildford. It's got many good stories. Um, again, you know, Farnham. Um, other, other parts have all got tale, tales of own. And of course, Farnham was the home of the famous Peter Underwood, you know, the famous ghost hunter, and wrote many books around the British Isles. Yeah. So uh, you've got the, walking in the footsteps of a legend. <laughs> Fantastic, great stuff. So yeah, just um, just remind me again then of your website. It's um, just a Google search for North Edinburgh Nightmares. Um, is the title, you know, it's... Um, you know, I think www.northenburgnightmares.wordpress.com is for the site. That is the one. It's a WordPress okay. site. So we can get in contact with you through that if we need to, or on Twitter and Facebook, the usual usual places. All there, um, and get in touch with me, you know, from that. Um, but, yeah, it's just a, a Google search for North Edinburgh Nightmares, and it'll come up with... Good stuff. Well, yeah. it's, been, it's been really good to talk to you, John. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, there's some really good stories there, really interesting, really interesting stories. And the next time I'm up in Edinburgh, I will definitely, um, I'll definitely try and seek you out. Um, I'm partial to um, a nice single malt, so I do, uh, I do like to get up to uh, to Scotland every now and then. And um, the, I, I hate to say the G word, but I've been to Glasgow probably more than I've been to Edinburgh. But um, I'm quite keen on the. Uh, there's, there's a a whiskey pub near the train station in Glasgow called the Pot Still, and that's uh, I actually spent my fiftieth birthday in there um, and got very very drunk um, <laughs> and had a had a fantastic time. Um, yeah, people people up there are just so friendly and and so welcoming. So uh, so yeah, it's been great. Thanks very much, John. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And um, I'm away on Wednesday down in England, and I'm going to be reading this when I'm away. Looking forward to it, believe well, me. Well, I hope you enjoy it, and I'm going to seek out your book, and I'm going to give you your book, and good good luck with the new one as well. Uh, yeah, you'll have to let me know when that's when that's available, and um, yeah, when that's done, we'll have another chat, and you can tell you can tell us all about your new book. Excellent, brilliant, many thanks. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Thank you to John for some really interesting stories. Remember to check out his YouTube channel, which is North Edinburgh Nightmares. It's a really well done, really professional channel, and there's some great stories on there. Remember to check out my website, which is www.craigbryant.co.uk. Thank you for listening. Paranormal Pendle Podcast will return. And remember to keep watching The Shadows.